Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Ballantine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40k's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Ryan Laplotte as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Del Borvik as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band became an unlikely team. Eli faced off with the Inquisitor and stayed in his cell, Morgan's Grapplehawk was returned to her, Valentine recruited several heretical assistants, and Atticus took his first unknowing step down the path, becoming an interrogator. Will they get the info they need from Eli's brain? And will he survive the extraction? Find out next, in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. Recruiter's Notes You know, I think Sharp shows a lot of promise. Uh, It's important with recruits to see the ones who will follow an order they think is right and true, as opposed to the ones who have that pesky questioning that we do so hate. Honestly, he'd be a commissar's dream. Eli, your snooze is once again interrupted most rudely, um, but this time it is by uh, a a foul stench uh, as well as a a, a pounding uh, that you think is in your skull, but then you rapidly realize is actually on the door. Um, before the uh, the door uh, kind of gives way and creaks open, um, and uh, immediately the bad smell enters the room, uh, and you hear a sharp intake of breath as uh, uh, Thaddeus Thunderhorn uh, just says, "Oh no no no! This 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 simply will not do, no." Um, and there's just like a clatter to your left as something is swept off a table. Um, and then you just start hearing the 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 the, the little tinkering of of rusty and uh, admittedly somewhat smaller. Like he can't, he can only carry so many uh, Aquilas just being set up around the room. He's like throwing them up onto things um, and is, is generally just, uh, just, you know, zhuzhing the place up a bit. Um, given that you're still uh, very, very probably both drunk and hung over just at, at, okay. at the, the witching hour Venn diagram of, uh Oh, what I do. <laughs> um, this is a this is a, a lot of a lot of hassle. I mean, the good news is you you're able to throw up a bunch of it into a hat, uh, a hat that yeah. meant nothing to no one. So that's good. Um, but uh, it's still a, a bit of a rude awakening. How do, how do you react to this this beast man uh, uh, just kind of like flurrying around your room? Um, uh, Eli springs off the table uh, and just shouts like, "Out of my sight, abomination!" Well, that is a fair assessment of my being. Yes, it uh, it wouldn't be too much trouble. I did spend a long time in school, so... Am I hallucinating or am I understanding you? You are uh, understanding me. I do speak Gothic rather well, I do believe. It is merely my hideous and and, uh, blasphemous body that has, has betrayed itself to... Uh, the, the mutation forces, but rest assured, my my brain and my soul are at yours and the God Emperor. And he like takes out his necklace and kisses it and puts it back in. Uh, at at your service. Thaddeus All right, then do doctor. your service. Get the hell out. Good sir, I'm afraid my service is Guard. you. 
guard. Um, and one of them just leans in and shakes their head apologetically and then just closes the door. And Eli, like just his, his demeanor changes from like outraged to just like, he just has this fucking like resignation of like, Oh, right. I forgot par for the damn inquisition. Uh, Yes, the best services available. I agree. You see, we do understand each other. Oh, no, we don't. (laughs) Now, I understand that you are in a degree of of discomfort and perhaps some uh, disassociation. You mentioned hallucinations. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, you. You're talking like a human. (laughs) That's not right. (laughs) Yes, I agree. It is truly a a dark mark on an otherwise perfect plan, as are all mutants, xenos, and heretics. And he he full body shudders. Like, you can tell it's pained him to say these words. Um, He says, but, of course, the glory of the Emperor extends even to this small room. And though I am not worthy to even look upon him, let alone think of him much, he like kisses the necklace, puts it back. Says, uh, "For some reason, he has seen fit to scrape a creature such as myself off the bottom of his boot and put it into service, and that service is you." And then he rushes forward. He puts his hands on either side of your face. God, and he leans and his I, head I'm against like, your head. Eli's like trying to like slap him away. Oh, it doesn't matter. He is so strong, and you are not. <laughs> um, and he just says. Tell me what ails you that I may cure it in the name of the emperor. And like Eli is trying to like push him, like basically kick like whatever he can. I mean, he's military trained, like just saying. <laughs> you know what, Laura? Okay, fine. You can have it. Uh, I want athletics and brawl, please. Wait, what? Oh, Braun? Oh, yes. Athletic. Yes. Okay. Sorry, Braun. Yep. Um, yep. So we'll take those. Mm -hmm. Um, He has uh, a lot of, uh, he's got a lot of brawn. uh, (laughs) So your difficulty is going to be five. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe we're sitting at one in four in my favor. We didn't do a lot of story points (laughs) last round. So I'm going to spend a story point to start evening the board here. Because you know what? That's the reason you're doing this. Faith in the emperor is so fucking strong that it is it is you know coursing through his muscles um i'm gonna give you a setback for being kind of drunk and hungover and having just woken up um and also like you hate xenos i'm sure you hate mutants but like really your beef is with xenos so like you don't get you know rage of ages uh on this one anything else you want to you want to push for there laura um if there's anything that's on the table that I can just like scrabble for and grab quickly, I would really like to be able to use my bar brawler Probably a meat <laughs> talent, there. which gives me an advantage to, oh, unarmed melee. There we go. I don't even need to grab a weapon. You were the weapon all along, my friend. Yep. Uh, uh, meat pie for eating. <laughs> so, um, Laura, what does, uh, what does that skill do? Uh, it just gives me one advantage. Uh, awesome automatically great love that 
Cool. Uh, I think that's that's it for for this this the sequence of of events. Uh, let's let's roll them bones. All right. Let's see what happens. <laughs> okay. This is weird. Four advantages, one triumph, two failures. Do with that what you will. Fuck <laughs> me. I don't know, man. That's so weird. Okay. Yeah. Right. All right. Um. <laughs> Okay. Um, here's what I think we're gonna say. <laughs> I, I could knock them prone, but if, if you want, yeah. Like I basically like the way I want to kind of play triumphs and advantage is uh, the way we have been playing it over the past little while. Is I'll just recommend something I think would be fun for yeah. it. Um, the Genesis book has a, a number of, of actions that you're certainly welcome to take. So please always yeah. feel free to override me if you're like, what I really want is this. Feel free to have it because I have something for you for the triumph if you want it. But if you just want to well, knock for them the prone, triumph. Well, the thing is, so I can. Um, because I haven't used an in- incidental this round, mm-hmm. uh, I have bull rush, which which uh, lets me use three advantages um, to knock a target, a melee target, prone and move them up to one range band away from me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> because I, th- I honestly like like Eli's feeling like he does not like this guy on him. Yeah, I understand that. Okay, so here's what happens. Um, uh, Eli, you like, this is, this is your kind of fight where someone is grabbing you. Um, you know, it's, it's like all those martial artists who do like wrist, like Taekwondo or anything else where you just like, or like Aikido talks about this law where you just like fuck with joints and things where it's like, mm. oh, cool. Thanks for the hand. And then you just wreck the person having hands on both sides of your face gives you so much room to move. So I think you just get your, your arms up and under headbutt him and then just like punt him through the door. Yeah. Um, so we'll say you move him the range band, um, you knock him prone. I'm going to say the triumph is you, he like smashes backward uh, through the door and out um into the uh out into the gardens um and now uh, those failures <laughs> <laughs> yeah um well the failure is um that uh he he lets out a, a sob um oh. and kind of gets up like holding his his ribs where you 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 hit him um and um and like yelling to the guards and he just takes off at a run uh, and uh, the the failures mean that uh, he doesn't help with any of your pain um, or get you in any better state or anything that might help you stop what's coming when Morgan arrives because you're not exactly like going to be to me. super clear here. <laughs> it uh, feels like success to Eli. <laughs> oh, it sure does. But like, isn't that kind of the way of the drunk? Like everything yeah. feels like, oh man, I just broke into a train station. What could go wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, Rip torn somewhere's going. This is my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> that was just incredible. Look that up if you haven't, friends. It's quite a thing. Uh, <laughs> All right, so um, Eli, uh, you're you're left alone in this, uh, this this garden shed that's now full of aquilas uh, for uh, for a moment or two. You regain no strain um, from either your bad nap or from the assistance the doctor could have given you. Um, is there anything you want to do in the moments before Morgan arrives? Yeah, get back onto the table and try to fall asleep again. That's it. <laughs> Oh, buddy. I mean, in the same way that, like, Valentine is just constantly trying to get back on stopping the visions he saw, you're just constantly trying to get that nap. That's your series arc. 
100 years, <laughs> Eli Sharp. Uh, we're going to have lots of adventures, Eli. My we're gonna, motivation. We're going to get that nap, Eli. We're, we're My gonna desire do it. is sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's just a Simple really man. shitty, like, needs. yeah, it's a shitty randomizer where it's like, my character, awesome, like, master at arms. What's his motivation? Sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Eli, you've just managed to drift back off. Uh, to sleep and I gotta tell you as someone who's constantly struggling with a baby who won't quite let him sleep like there's a degree of of tired where you're like oh it's not gonna take much to just ride on into sleepy town and that's where you're at you, you manage to just crest that perfect wave of like good finally um, when uh, Morgan arrives uh, now Morgan you've had some time uh, you and Toby uh, have gone for a walk after leaving uh, Valentine and Atticus um, is there anything you'd be, be thinking about contemplating, uh, and then going on in, in your head as you go? Yeah. For one, she would have left Toby with okay. Valentine and Atticus in that room, just sitting on some boxes somewhere, watching everything. Just, just bird, bird eyes on that whole situation. Just in case. What? You don't trust Gideon Kotov, world's most trustworthy <laughs> mechanist magi? Yep. And then... Otherwise, all she's thinking is just going to try to accomplish this because things are going well so far. She also is just very paranoid, so she's shying away from any other person who walks down the hallway next to her. She's just trying to keep track of all of her surroundings while doing this and making her way to where I assume they told her, (laughs) Elias. Gotcha, yeah. Um, So so that's fine. So you're... um, if there's one thing the Inquisition's Citadel is pretty good at, it's not, you're not supposed to be paying attention. You are most assuredly not paying attention. Um, so people just, you know, there's no, no one's given you any grief. Um, and honestly, like you've always pretty much looked like a, a member of Inquisitorial <laughs> Retinue anyway. So like, right. fucking sure. Um, so yes, you, you arrive at, uh, you arrive at the shed, um, Toby, Atticus, and Lucius, of course, continuing to deal with Kotov uh, back in his lab uh, and getting things ready there. Um, what's your? Well, I mean, uh, we can just play this out. Um, but uh, as with the the previous interrogations, um, when we need to go to the dice, we'll go to the dice, so we don't end mm-hmm. up in like a two kids on the playground being like, "I've got a laser." Well, I've got a laser proof shield. Well, my laser <laughs> shoot bullets. Well, my shield also catches bullets. Uh, type thing. Um, <laughs> You want to know what my I'm school ready. Is like? I'm ready for it. Yeah, um, <laughs> I know you are. So uh, yes, just as as you fall asleep, you are awakened yet again, Eli. As as Morgan arrives, Morgan, how do you wake Eli up? This is a common occurrence for mm-hmm. you. Uh, this mm-hmm. is not a this is a thing you do right fairly regularly. Yeah, I, I think she wouldn't. She would see him laying on the table there snoozing. She would get up on the table and sit right next to him, like her whole hip and leg again. She has zero respect of his personal space. (laughs) She's just like up in his business. (laughs) And then she would just lean over and, Eli, what are you still doing here? Huh? Oh, it's you. (laughs) You know, sleep. Yes, yes. Do you you mean still doing here? Where else am I going? Well, I am not still in a cell, am I? I mean, the door's open. I assume we just like, did the guards repair the door? <laughs> no, it, it got like blown <laughs> off its hinges. Also, the the danger to the the amount of like ornate 
filigree and shit that's in here means that like it's not an easy fix you got to fix the the, the, the <laughs> cast iron frame in order to put the door joints yeah. back in like like sometimes it's easier to just get a hinge all i'm saying <laughs> well you met the new inquisitor what do you think i mean he's an inquisitor Yes, <laughs> that's, that's no. True. Uh, uh, no, Eli. Eli does go on. Um, uh, he's look. I don't know what he told you, but he's got some mission to save the emperor, and I'm 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 going for it. All right, I thought you might. I figured you might get along with them, all these military types. You have a secret handshake or something. <laughs> you can pretend you're in the Navy again. They're not Navy. You think it's all the same, don't you? Yes, yes, it is. It's not. All right, well, they sent me because they want you to have your brain looked at by Wait, some machine. What? I'm telling you. They want me to convince you, but I am just asking you very nicely to please be going along with things. Ugh. I know, I know and, you like and to be Eli's stubborn. just like rubbing his temples, just like <laughs> trying to like kind of focus on what the hell this means. Like, okay, uh, look, can you just pretend like I can't make any assumptions or make any leaps of logic right now? In the yes. state I'm in. Just, so, like, explain to me what the heck is happening. Yes. They have some mechanicus madman who wishes to look in your brain. Perhaps mine too, but... Why? I don't know. The Inquisitor is looking for something. Something... I don't know what we have, but if we go along with it, then we can get off of this planet. Oh... So they're just, yeah, no, we're just going to die, aren't we? I don't think so. It seems is there... this Inquisitor is new. He needs people. He doesn't seem like he wants us to die instantly. Let me guess. There's no saying no to this, is there? This is what I'm saying to you, so please uh... be polite. Waited five years to get off this rock. Yes. Well, I think Eli's just like, I, I like he knows enough about the Inquisition from his short time in it that like, it's just you don't. Someone like above your, <laughs> in the chain above you in the chain of command wants you to do something. It's gonna happen. So, mm -hmm. um, um, Laura, just to as a caveat to all of this, um, yeah. how did, how do, did or does uh, Eli feel about Kanehurst? I mean, obviously we've dug a little bit into um, your feelings toward the Navy and your feelings about what Kanehurst asked you to do, which it seems like you've agreed was necessary and the correct action, but then like you paid a price for it. But I'm kind of curious because part of this is, and I mean, I don't know that Eli necessarily explicitly knows this, but part of the ask is we need to go find Kanehurst's lost expedition. Mm. So is that the kind of like, is Eli, was Eli, and, and like from my side of like what I know of your past, you didn't get to spend a lot of time with Kanehurst other than, you know, you had drinks on the planet that one time and then oopsie poopsie gene stealers. 
Um, so I feel like you yeah. may you may feel more kinship to him than he necessarily did to to you or Morgan, given that he was kind of like a, a, an at distance inquisitor to some degree. But yeah, how does how does Eli feel about Kanehurst? Um, Eli knows like he is quite he's quite sure that Kanehurst uh, assessed the situation correctly. Um, so he definitely agrees, uh, with the decision he made. Um, uh, slightly resentful that, you know, he did this service to the Navy and was not rewarded for it. And Kanehurst, I think he feels probably Kanehurst could have done more for him, like, yeah, there's probably a bit of a sore spot there for sure. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. So um, where we left off uh, conversationally, you were coming around to the, the realization that when someone above you in the Inquisition says something is true and you have to do it, uh, you're, you're going to do it. Uh, is that is that roughly where Eli falls on this? Yeah. And, and like, he wants to get off he just he's so done with being here. Mm -hmm. So whether it's like on a ship or like dying in surgery, he's just like, I'm leaving this rock. Like he's <laughs> at a, it's a pretty he's in a pretty bad place right now. So Excellent. Morgan and will just give him like a shoulder pet. Like they're there. <laughs> Great. So with that, the two of you make your way back through the Grim Garden back to Gideon Kotov's lab. Hey, this is Nero Abagnale from uh, Warhammer 40,000, the Valentine Heresy. And look, if you want to help support us in pulling back the curtain on uh, some of the mysteries of the galaxy, like, uh, you know, figuring out what all this Horus stuff means or uh, finding these uh, these uh, new men, well, we're going to need your help. So for just the cost of a dollar a month, you can join our, our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. And yeah, for just that, you can talk to other fans in the Discord, swap theories about uh, the nature of the Golden Throne, uh, about, you know, what really happened back in the day you can really get to the heart of things or you know at five dollars you can listen to this very show ad free uh, as well as some of our other shows uh at uh, fifteen dollars you can add some names to the shows you can hear your own uh you know names showing up and stuff and at twenty five dollars you can create your very own character who will go with us on some of our adventures as well as uh, getting your name added to the credits which is a good way to immortalize yourself you know like like horace did when he got his name added to the credits of history you know so uh if you want to be like horace go to uh patreon.com slash dumdumdice it's d-u-m-b d-u-m-b d-i-c-e and you know we'll figure this out together Atticus and Valentine, um, where we, we last left off, uh, Valentine, you'd managed to stop Atticus from just pulping uh, this uh, heretical uh, Jeff Goldblum talking son of a bitch um, who is, uh, again, just like down down in his weird little like workshop, uh, almost well um chained up uh he's got the machine ready to go um you know popping his goggles back in um well you've had a bit of time with him now as morgan goes off to to convince eli you've had time where the two of you can can do other things you can talk more to him and you talk to graves what uh what what do you think you would have been doing well uh morgan and eli had their little heart to heart 
Valentine would have been interested in the procedure itself and the machines that are surrounding with it. He needs to know how accurate this thing is, how much can be pulled out, what are the potential costs, all that kind of stuff, because he's very mission-oriented. This guy is a tool to be used and probably thrown away, but maybe it'll keep being useful. Look, that's up to possible future interrogator over here. So that's we'll, true. We'll see, uh, Atticus, what would you you be doing during this? Atticus was given a secret mission, and it is mission start now. Uh, he is standing in the doorway, just staring daggers at this guy, waiting for him to fuck up so we could kill him. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. All right, amazing. Yay. So, um, uh, Kotov gives you gives you the tour, uh, Valentine. You can tell as, as you kind of got from his opening lines. Like he just loves talking about this stuff and you get the sense that graves dumped him down this well specifically so he could not talk to anyone um but could continue to work because as with some of these tools to be used and then ex expended in uh in the inquisition you sometimes end up with people like him uh proper heretics who are useful to a point but also dangerous to keep around but like too useful to discard but too dangerous to enable um so the chance to actually talk someone through some of this is is a treat for him. So he takes you over to the rig, um, and uh, he, he basically says, um, "Yeah, so uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, you, what you need to understand about um, uh, the, the kind of work that uh, that I do, well, yeah, you know, I hear a lot of the inquisitors they they, they talk about the various theories, right? Uh, and and mine." Uh, was uh, well, well, it was based around uh, uh, psychers, you know, uh, and uh, various parts of the mind that uh, that we don't understand uh, anymore. Uh, the Xenos, they've got some interesting interesting ways of communicating, of working. You look at the uh, uh, well, I mean, you uh, you look at the uh, the Tyranids and their hive mind. I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a thing, right? You, you look at uh, at uh, the Necrons, their 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 tomb ships. Um, you know, yes, about the thing we're going to do yeah, right yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, that's, that's what we're talking about there. Uh, there Wonderful. Uh, if we Mr. could try this at 1.5 times speed, that would be excellent. Yeah, great. All right. So uh, in attempting to do what uh, what Inquisitor Billingberg wanted, uh, I built this machine to uh, to create a full brain scan. Uh, we call them templates. Uh, so the, uh, for example, and he like, pulls out some, you know, it's 40K, so it's not like a bunch of data slabs. It's more like a giant tome and then also a bad an like Android tablet and then like a collection of other small books. Um, and uh, he kind of points to me and says, um, for example, when I was building the uh, the Abagnale, uh template, uh, we just took all the, uh, the, the, the thoughts and good deeds that uh, someone had done. Uh, we were able to pull those out and then just imprint them on, uh, well, re really anyone, uh, which got me thinking if... If we can do that, why can't we just analyze what we're taking out? Uh, you know, so I started uh, tweaking things and changing things along the way. It's truly a fascinating science, but this allows me to. Uh, well, I mean, you use the tomb ships, you know. It, it allows me to uh, to send a consciousness uh, and imprint it uh, even remotely on uh, you know willing or otherwise subject. Best if they're blanks, but you know, work with what we got. Um, but it allowed Billingberg far reach uh, in these other these other places. But of course, I realized if we're doing this work, I mean, why not you know take a look at what we're seeing? Why not why not make some changes? Why not make some improvements if we need to? So basically, you're just getting step one of a multi step process here. I mean, I could I could throw this 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 guy you're bringing here. I, I could probably throw his brain across the galaxy. Hell, if you ever want to do something far away uh, without any danger to your person. Um, you know, in a different quadrant or something like, I'll help you out. We just send your send your brain to another tomb ship. 
Interesting. Notes. So you're, you're saying we could replicate, essentially, other Inquisitor Lucius Valentines throughout the galaxy, one with each tomb ship. Uh, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. And, and in memory of your retinue, really. I mean, the, the problem is that uh, usually the, uh, the subject pushes back a little bit you know it's it's uh, something i never really solved i mean it got to a point where i was even uh, mixing a little bit of myself in you know a little, little bit of a uh, little bit of kotov to try and balance things out a little bit try and balance out their brains a little bit i don't know if it worked uh but uh it's a delicate science it's never exact but uh hell it's easier than putting yourself to sleep for 100 years to travel across the the galaxy particularly if you've got something uh you know important or nefarious to do am i right yes yes are you an expert in cloning creating those blank bodies that you spoke of no, 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 no. I'm much more concerned about, uh, you know, the spirit within the machine, the consciousness and how it travels. Uh, that's generally why we used uh, you know, convicts, lunatics, uh, people who, you know, looked into the void, void looked back, you know, people had a, a theory of chaos, you know, a chaos theory. We tend to use those those folks a lot. Uh, Excellent. How long does doing one of these scans take? Well, the scan itself doesn't take very much time at all. It's uh, it's the sending that, that's hard. But yeah, this, uh, this this guy you're bringing down here, no, we'll, we'll be done in a couple of hours. I mean, depending on the state of his, his mind, of course, it it's helpful if it's a you know if it's, if it's an organized brain. Uh, if yes. it's got like a Dewey Decimal System system in there, we can just go around and, like look for what we need. Like I tell you, this golden boy I took apart. Uh, wow, his beliefs were were rock solid. He. <laughs> he was an easy easy pull um some of the guys i've imprinted that brain onto though much different case so as long as this guy's mind is you know if it's not cluttered it'll be fast if it's cluttered eh, it's probably gonna take a bit longer excellent one of my concerns with my ongoing missions has been what will happen if i die there are great questions surrounding this if we could speed up your process to allow some sort of five minutes to maybe 60 minutes scan to take place where we could imprint someone in the case of my death. Then I could simply plug myself in once a day on an ongoing basis. We could replace me if I'm eliminated. Is this possible? Uh, it's, uh, it's not outside the realm. Uh, the, part of the problem is the storage of these uh, things. But, I mean, Look, I'm going to be honest with you here. I could probably use a little bit more Necron tech to make this work. Eldari would work too. But yeah, you get me a little bit more, more of the, the good spirit. And he like lovingly strokes some of his like Xenos infused machines. He says, uh, yeah, I can do that. In the meantime, though, um, once, once, you know, you're convinced of the uh, veracity of my methods here, we can, uh, we can just take an imprint of you now, and uh, that one's an easy, an easy thing to store. Hell, we'll just upload one to to all available tomb ships now. There'll just be one of you in every, every sector. You know, won't have all the memories and shit. But honestly, there's a lot of degradation with the sending and everything else. I tell you, the the astropath acquired does not love how I transfer this information. So we also got to keep that kind of quiet. You know. Excellent, excellent. I'm tremendously interested to work with you. This is going to be a bright future for the Imperium. Long live the Emperor. Strange gifts in strange places. And uh, there it is. Uh, and at that, uh, Eli and Morgan, you return. But Atticus, you look like you're having a big reaction up the stairs. Uh, so before they arrive, what's going on for you, bud? Yeah, this is more of a Tyler question. How... Um like I, you know, blasphemous or heretical was that conversation just now that oh, Atticus baby. was listening to? Like, oh, all the way down, <laughs> Mon okay. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, Xenos. Textually, I don't think you'd know about the tomb ships. Realistically, no, no, Necrons are aliens. So you might know that. Yeah, Tom. I don't know what. What do you think? Would like actually talking, talking about cloning and transferring your consciousness. So 
those things in and of themselves, given that he's touching machines, I think you could make the argument with all the Adeptus Mechanicus stuff that like, if it was just machine spirit E, because there's that gray area with the Mechanicus, I think you could like, this is one of those like realms of blasphemy where it's like, uh, I mean, the only, like, I'm thinking in like Judeo-Christian terms, like, well, I mean, wine gets mentioned a lot in the Bible, so I guess it's fine if I get wasted on wine. Um, like it's that kind of thing where it's like you can just if if your brain wants it to not be heretical you can kind of edge into it not being heretical the things you can't get over are when he's like patting a machine and being like bring me more xenos tech okay that's a problem uh because the xenos shouldn't like all things xenos should be destroyed according to like the the letter of the law uh, for the imperium now of course that's not how the inquisition works but i think for the way so the, the, the more radical Atticus, uh, this is like Fishick in the Eisenhorn books, like someone who was just like died in the wool letter of the law, this is the emperor's will. Yeah, that's a little bit more iffy. Okay. Honestly, though, that's... the cloning thing, like that, I, I, you actually, you probably wouldn't know this, but like that's how we get space marines sometimes. So oh, okay. not the, the worst thing, but also Fabius Bile. So, hmm? okay. and like Ryan, I guess the other question for, for actually that is relevant to the tomb ship thing, how much about our season two adventures I mean, Valentine doesn't know very much about what happened there, but how much would he have told Atticus? Like, would you have told him about Fabius Bile? Would you have told him about the new men? Yeah, I think he's to- he told him about that so that there was clear, like, the work was being done. It's come up in multiple conversations. Like, Atticus is pretty clued into what's going on. Valentine okay. has weirdly always been like, well, if I die, Atticus probably won't be able to continue the mission. But if somebody shows up to interrogate Atticus, he can relay all the yeah, things yeah, yeah. that have kind of happened nearby. Okay, so the main reason I ask is, Atticus, I think for you then, the only time you've ever even heard the word clone is in association with Fabius Bile and the new men, which would mean that, yes, this is horrendously like yeah. skirting the edge um okay do you want to is this like a role play moment for you or do you want to do you want to roll some dice on this i'm just trying to get an idea of how jarring this conversation is to see valentine engaging with the heretic conversationally and uh apparently in like a quite amicable way um you know you talk about him stroking the machine and being like bring me more xenos valentine in that moment like didn't like say like yes you got a deal kind of thing so that's like not a a a big issue for atticus but it's more like uh watching valentine engage this person like intellectually as if his insane ramblings had merit that is concerning but at the same time i feel like they're talking a different language than what atticus speaks you know um that's fair so i think then tyler what it's sounding like is um observationally something rubs you the wrong way like it's a seed has been planted basically with this conversation built off of the previous conversation around where like for the first time valentine really did kind of put down his foot about like let's let the heretic talk which was a surprise i think to, to atticus um so seed has been planted um it's nothing to act on immediately but it is something to be aware of yep. um morgan and eli you arrive uh, how do you walk up it's like a stagger is eli like over a shoulder what's what is what what do we see um, when you arrive uh i don't eli wouldn't want to walk into the room leaning on morgan so 
uh, I don't know, like, how much time has passed. If he's still, like, I don't think he's still, like, staggering drunk. Like, this is more. No, I think you've entered, like, rough morning after phase where you're still, like, you wouldn't legally be able to drive a motor vehicle in places that have (laughs) such laws in our world. But in the grim darkness of the 41st millennium where there's only war, who knows? Um, Yeah, so I think Eli's starting to uh, clue into the fact that maybe he should make a better impression than what he's made already. So his like his coat is back on and it's like the it's the clasps are done up and Okay. And you know, he's run fingers through his hair. Yeah, <laughs> I think kind of you, it. <laughs> in terms of like how you're feeling right now, I would say you're at the like uh <laughs> we were just thinking of the wire, but like jock worker early morning. Like had a rough night, but I'm yeah. like functionally ready to get back at it let's go um so still not feeling great but yeah this is probably how you start most days so you're used to it if not feeling tremendously 100%. good your it's business as usual okay um so valentine a very different uh eli sharp uh kind of arrives um uh, and, and descends the stairs wonderful mr sharp welcome have you t- been treated by the doctor to increase your sobriety and overall physical condition uh, no, sir, I have not. But we sent one. There was the large beast man uh, fellow. Aquas. The abomination. Uh, yes, I may have slightly overreacted uh, to his presence. What injuries did you do to the abomination, if you don't mind me asking? Well, it ran away, so I figured nothing, nothing too bad. Yes, but but what explicitly? If you if you could just assist me by letting me know, uh, that would be fantastic. Uh, if I can think back, probably maybe sprained sprained wrists. Hopefully, not a concussion. I mean, his back kind of flew through a door, so probably right, some so, bruises. So headbutt, sprained wrist. Probably some rib damage, is what we're saying. All right, I had given a command that there should be inquisitorial stormtroopers to assist my doctor. Who is in charge of the inquisitorial stormtroopers in this room? Um, and there's a real, like, stormtroopers who don't know who to blame um, look around. Uh, and then finally, um, a, a sort of, like, short squat um, stormtrooper steps forward uh, and uh, snaps into a, a sharp salute and says, um, Maximus Prime, captain of the stormtroopers on guard, sir. Pleasure to meet you, Maximus. Now, did you give the order for someone to go, or did you forget? Oh, so we did send stormtroopers, but, well, uh, and there's, if, if he could do, like, the cloud strife, <laughs> like, old Final <laughs> Fantasy behind the head scratch sheepish thing, he would, but he's wearing a helmet, so it's just, like, a weirdly innocuous gesture. It says, um, uh, so I did instruct the stormtroopers to give the patient and the doctor um, privacy uh, due to the the oaths of of the Medicaid. My my husband he uh, well he studied those and it's very important uh, to leave doctor and patient time. You see, but yes, I see yes. now the grave error I had by following such peacetime. Concepts. Eli Eli looks uh, to Maximus, looks to Inquisitor. He forgot. Wonderful. Could I see your helmet, please? <laughs> of course, sir. And he like 
clicks his helmet off. Also, uh, Eli, can you roll me a? Because uh, you, there, there were stormtroopers there. They were outside. They gestured to you and closed the door. They were physically present. Oh, were present. those stormtroopers? Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, but our, I, w- I guess okay. I no, roll... that was just me. Like, no, I know, but I think it's worth. It's how it's how you remember it, though, right? So I think. What I want is to figure out if Valentine can read that you're just like, sure, whatever, or if it's just a... Because I don't think you're lying. No, I literally no, think this you, is like, it was Eli, earlier today. Eli would have clocked anyone else present. Okay. Like, in the state he was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think this is more just like, this guy's obviously made a mistake. Um, and so this is kind of Eli being like, you know, this guy should be punished. Okay, great. Regardless that's exactly, of, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. why I want the roll. Perfect. Yeah. So, Eli, um, from you then, I'm going to need, oh boy, this is going to be a fucking shit show. Uh, skullduggery, I think. Um, oh, uh-oh. Or deception. <laughs> it's one of the two. Uh, Do you want to use my perception as the difficulty, Tom? Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, well, I'm looking at you with my robot eyes, Eli. So the difficulty is five, and three of them are upgraded. I think it's like it's like a skullduggery, yeah. but you, you have to realize that like him saying this is not like having to lie to. It's not like a lie, lie. It's like more. It's almost like a like a half. Joke. It's a sin of omission. Oh, it's a it's a half joke. Well, kind of like this guy has to be punished for whatever, mm. and he's taking so much time explaining mm. this that like. It, it should uh, be dismissed. Like his, his reason is ridiculous. No, totally fair. And this is literally just like as Valentine takes the measure of the man that is Eli Sharp. Um, what measure does he take? <laughs> is it in centimeters? Is it in inches? We'll find out. So Laura, uh, so Skullduggery... With sure. cunning, um, your difficulty is five. <laughs> With three of them upgraded. Yeah. Um, three of them upgraded, okay. I'm going to give you a boost uh, because I think the tone in which you're doing it, the stakes are so low that there's an easy confidence <laughs> to this. Because yeah. honestly, this sounds like the kind of shit you would have been able to pull on the ship so easily when, you know, some ensign was fucking around or there was like, this is like kind of classic military ball busting. It's not, you know, have them yeah. hanged. Yeah, um, 100%. Cool. Let's, and I think that's, I think no, that's it. roll it. Yep. <laughs> uh, and of course, two advantages, four failures, because there's no way I was going to pass that. Spectacular. So we'll say, Valentine, you, I, I honestly don't think this changes what you're about to do much but um you you do read it i think the advantages though go towards um valentine you also track the um the tone the humor and the intent behind why sharp made that comment like he's not lying to you he's not trying to pull one over on you it's like a weird petty rank thing yep yep yep. he he logs it uh in the moment that the helmet comes off uh he'll take off his own cap to compare the helmet and the cap uh, and then he's going to headbutt the stormtrooper captain in the face, grab the wrist, and crack it uh, with his metal hand so he can he can break the wrist, uh, and then just gut punch the captain with his his metal arm as well to do the same kind of rib damage. And then just say, 
That'll be an education for you, Captain. You can have those treated once my doctor is treated. Oh, and Eli, you made an innocent mistake. One couldn't blame you. At the same time, one must learn. Once we're aboard ship, you will spend one week serving as the doctor's assistant. Uh, Eli kind of grinds his teeth, uh, but he takes a moment before responding, knowing that this is a very important moment, and also seeing what Valentine just did to the stormtrooper with very little effort. So, um, obviously he means business, um, and I, Eli, he's not going to say anything, he's just going to nod. If he's going to object, he will object later. And Valentine will give the captain back the helmet. Now he's totally polite as though he never hit this person. Gets the, his cap back, brushes it off, puts it on. Well, I believe it's time for us to move forward with this procedure. Um, yeah, and the captain, like, painfully rises to full, um, like, to, to standing um, and snaps you uh, a quick salute with the broken wrist um, and, like, hand trembling. But it's just, like, classic fucking hard case thing. Um uh, hand down and then just like resumes his post. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, Lord Inquisitor Graves, if I may request uh, a commendation be added to this stormtrooper's record alongside the Demerit. Um, and uh, he, he just like smirks a little bit and shakes his head uh, and then puts, puts a hand on your shoulder in a vaguely fatherly way um, and just says, Inquisitor Valentine, I can't tell you how nice it is to have a new face and fresh blood around these parts. Truly, it is a pleasure. And then he, like, yells to some fucking, like, you know, servo <laughs> skull to, like, put the commendation in. Um, and um, with, with a kind of a sharp nod, he says, I will leave you to your procedure. I suspect, based on what I've heard so far, it is best I am less aware of what transpires here than I would be if I were to observe it with my own eyes. Do you feel confident with uh, the tools we've provided you? Yes, yes, I believe this will be more than enough, and should they not function, I will happily dispose of them. As one does with all non-functioning tools. Um, and he uh, simply nods to you, uh, nods to you, Atticus, Morgan, Eli, um, and with a sweep of his cape, because I didn't mention earlier, he is wearing a very epic cape uh, in the way that only a proper Inquisitor can. Uh, he he <laughs> ascends the stairwell uh, up and out. Um, and I think the stormtroopers probably do as well. They, they follow in his wake. Um, they take up positions kind of at the top of the well where they're far enough away that they can't really see what's going on, but close enough that if they had to fast line down or honestly probably just jump and break their legs, but then maybe shoot something, <laughs> they could do it. Um, and... Uh, uh, you are left with Kotov and his his machine, and uh, turning around, he just gives you that kind of uh, lopsided, if winning grin. Says, uh, "Well, all right, let's uh, let's crack open that old noggin, shall we?" This episode of the Valentine Heresy features Ryan Aplant at the Ryan Aplant on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Viz. Laura Hamstra at E.L. Hamstring on Twitter as Eli Sharp, Del Borovic at Del Tastic on Twitter as Morgan Rawls, and our Game Master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at delborovic.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. 
Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merch dice available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Sammy Boy, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Shulzari, Christian Mendez, Spot Allen, Flynn 1138, Alorraine Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, Steve Weeze, D&D and Things, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. You're invited to check out Dum Dums and Dragons, a podcast where improvisers play Dungeons and Dragons for the very first time. Join our three heroes, Quiddy, a thief who escaped prison by serving his full sentence, Alan, a wizard who doesn't understand magic has consequences, and Butthole, a cleric who prays to a god he invented, as they save the world alongside special guest heroes, including Not Peter Baelish. Brings us to Not Peter Baelish. Ah, I see the wand near the back of the court, and because I'm not Peter Baelish, I don't really care about people, really. <laughs> so I cast Thunderwave in the direction of where the wand is, because I assume the wall of people <laughs> <laughs> caught up in it will maybe kind of hit the guy. So a wave of civilians are thrown sort of across the courtroom against the south wall. The acolyte manages to duck behind the... Uh, <laughs> The wave of humanity. There's a lot of moaning and and kind of writhing. Uh, You get the sense that they're hurt but not dead. People who uh, managed to dodge the wave are like screaming because this is not what they expected when they came to court today. Worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Dom Doms and Dragons. Check it out now 